Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Oftentimes, it's hard to tell the good guys from the bad. I think of, my family's heard this before, I default to my favorite illustration of this is that remember the bat the superman series of the 1950s and the batman series of the 1960s i like those programs because the good guys were good and the bad guys were bad today's superheroes are a little more ambiguous i don't like that I like to know the good guys and the bad guys. I think that's because that many of us have been fooled by seemingly good guys or girls. We've been burned and hurt. This is the nature of many relationships. Relationships that are sometimes built upon deceptive personalities. These treacherous persons, these tricky two-faced people, these deceitful men and women have fooled many of us. And these persons are found in many walks of life. Many businesses prey upon the vulnerable, the unknowing, cheating people out of their hard-earned money. Wouldn't it be nice to tell the good from the bad? Unfortunately, like society at large, the church at times seems to be chock full of tricky, deceitful people. People who pray, P-R-E-Y, not pray, P-R-A-Y, on each other. Scandal in the American church is almost epidemic. Church leaders vie for positions of authority, power, and financial gain. Not surprisingly, well, maybe a little surprisingly, this problem runs rampant in the Anglican Church of Malawi. This was the biggest problem that we, we encountered on our mission trip in 2019. Church leaders who did not lead, but rather fed off their flocks, skimming money and other favors from the people they were supposed to shepherd. <coughs> Jeremiah, in today's reading, said it plainly. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. The Lord. Jeremiah lived and prophesied during a time such as ours. The shepherds were scattering the flock and the prophets deceiving the people, uttering prophecies of which God neither spoke nor approved. These so-called mouthpieces of God, these prophets to which the people looked for guidance and a word from God uttered lies. Sound familiar? 
How many times has the official church fooled people with false doctrine? How many times has sound doctrine been exchanged for political expediency? Yet once that trade has been made and the people deceived even further, another trade is done until what was once Christianity is now something the apostles would not even recognize except for a few scattered mentionings of the name Jesus. Thank God we left a church such as that. Now, Malawi is at a similar crossroad. Which way will they go? Even now, the province is flirting with the LGBTQX agenda. The money they receive from our former associates, Tech, the Church of England, even the Church of South Africa, speaks loudly. How do we silence the voice of these shepherds that destroy and scatter? How do we discern the good from the bad, the true from the false? How do we equip ourselves and others to stand firm when others are crumbling? And with your indulgence, I would like to read further in our Old Testament lessons. I'd like to turn further to Jeremiah 23, same chapter, later on in the chapter, starting in verse 23. Don't, don't be concerned, I will read it. And here is where we will find that Jeremiah, in his tirade against false prophets, he gives us three principles. One, God knows the false prophet. Two, God knows his people. Therefore, three, God sends his mighty word. The overarching idea is that God has given his people assurance of his good favor through his word. All other methods of discerning God's will and doctrine are secondary, and if they do not agree with his word, they are wrong. This is what will keep us from getting burned, from being deceived by false prophets. God has given his people assurance of his good favor through and only through his word. Listen to the words of Jeremiah. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal? first point I want to make about this passage is that God knows the false prophet. There is no hiding from God. Those who deceive the people are known by God. They are found out and will answer for their deception. Notice how redundant Jeremiah's words are in this passage. 
keeps repeating the phrase, declares the Lord, declares the Lord. God, through Jeremiah, wants us to know that these are his words, not the imaginations of a mere mortal. God sees the false prophet. Have you been hurt by a false person? A person that appeared good and turned out bad? Be of good cheer. God knows. Now, it may not soothe the pain now, but at the end, know that God is a God of justice. Every wrong will be made right, and every tear will be dried. God will not allow injustice and deception to linger forever. God knows the false prophet. God also knows his people. He knows you and he knows me. He is the good shepherd who knows his flock, all of his flock, not just the seemingly important ones. Jesus teaches us that a good shepherd leaves the 99 in search of the one. Not one person in the flock of God is insignificant. All are infinitely important. That is why God holds such a high standard for those who shepherd the flock under him. God wants an intimate relationship with you and me. And anything that would block that relationship, including an especially false doctrine and those found pandering lies, will eventually be cast aside by God. He will not allow anything to stand between himself and you. This should come as a great comfort. God sees all. He sees your struggles. He sees the church. He sees the church is under attack from false prophets, from those who would trade sound doctrine for political expediency, theological truth for some feel-good notion. The great shepherd loves his sheep, will not tolerate their harm. That is why he has sent his word. So God knows the false prophet. God knows his people. And therefore God sends his mighty word. Let us listen to the voice of Jeremiah again. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream. But let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rock in pieces? Notice how this passage contrasts dreams and the word. The false prophets' dreams are equated with lies. Through their dreams, these false prophets have caused the people to forget God's name and follow false gods, gods like Baal. Let me say something about the god Baal. Baal was the fertility god. Among other things, Baal was responsible for sending the rains that caused the crops to grow. And to curry Baal's favor, one committed acts of gross immorality with temple prostitutes. Now us moderns would never openly worship Baal, but many are involved in immorality, and in sacrificing children for the sake of their immoral acts. 
These false prophets have not gone away. Only the language has changed. Take note. The church, the true church, is opposed to any notion of Baal worship, including the so-called pro-choice movement, a movement that is starting to gain ground in Malawi. God is opposed to anything that would harm his people, Baal worship included. That is why he has sent his mighty word given to us in the Holy Scriptures. We're not left at the mercy of some unproven dreams of false prophets. God says, let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let the one who has my word speak my word faithfully. A true prophet, a true shepherd, is known by the word. The good guys speak the word and do not mix it with fanciful speculation, no matter how politically expedient or feely-goody it sounds. The sheep may not even like it, because many have been raised on dreams, speculation, and modern Baalism. But we know that God has sent his mighty word, and it is on that word that his people are truly fed. God has sent his mighty word. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord? Well, at first glance, straw may look like wheat, but try to make bread out of straw. You see, wheat nourishes. Unlike animals, we cannot live on straw. We will die. False doctrine. Doctrine contrary to the word of God may look good, but it causes death. Yet, on the other hand, the word nourishes and gives life. Is not my word a fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks rock in pieces. God's word is nourishing. It is also powerful. Jeremiah is reminding the people that the words he speaks are both cleansing and protecting. But they are like fire. Fire purifies. It burns away the false, leaving behind pure gold. God's word is protecting. It smashes to pieces any notion of falsehood. Said, it's hard to tell the good from the bad true from the false, and the trustworthy from the deceitful. If you have been burned, been hurt, you are not alone. God knows. God knows and will deal with false prophets, those who bring destruction and torture. God knows. He knows you, and he knows me. He knows us. And he loves us. And he wants to be close to us and assure us of his love. That's why he has given us the life-giving, discerning word of God. We also know that those who claim to speak in God's name will be judged, not by their political expediency or by whether their words tickle our ears and make us feel good, but by their, by their fidelity to the word of God.
I think we could all agree that the church in Malawi needs our help. They are poor and vulnerable to the economic vicissitudes that plague that region. Yet their poverty goes much deeper than financial hardship. Their situation has made them vulnerable to the false teaching that accompanies the financial support of left-leaning agencies. As always, as it was in the church in America, same holds true in Malawi, the battleground has always been the seminaries. As the seminaries go, so goes the church. Battleground is the seminaries. Or in the case of Malawi, the one seminary. We need to help them. We need to help our sisters and brothers in Malawi. We need to help them teach the next generation of priests and lay leaders to stand firm and rest securely on the word of God. I will tell you from being there, this seminary is under attack. For years, it's been on the verge of closing. It's the only place in Malawi to get an Anglican theological education. Currently, right now, there's a struggle over the content of the curriculum. Will they teach the word of God, or will they pander to the progressive movement? My family and I want to help in the struggle to secure the future of orthodoxy in Malawi. Just think of the positive impact a solid seminary can have for generations to come. Let's say we educate 10 priests a year. These priests go to parishes that sometimes have as many as 400 people because they have their own parish plus these outlying stations. So each priest could reach conservatively 200 people. Over 10 years, 10 priests a year, that's 100 priests. I'm, I'm lost in my own math, but that's the kind of way it is. We could impact an entire generation of Malawans, and not only them, we can impact the entire province. The entire, entire province, instead of leaning left, will be leaning right. This is not just politics. This is orthodoxy. This is the church of God. And it does impact us. Because we are one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We are in this together whether we like it or not. But if you remember nothing else from this sermon, sisters and brothers, please do not leave this building this morning without knowing that God loves you. He alone loves you with a pure motive. I know people have failed you in the past. Most of us have been hurt, sometimes even by the church. After all, we are sinners. But do not lose the sight, do not lose sight of the greatest resource God has given us. Holy Scriptures. It is on the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It is our nourishment. It is our refining fire. Through it, we are assured that God loves us will protect us. It contains assurance, the assurance of God's good favor towards us. 